All right, bradcooney.com would like to welcome to the show from the legendary rock band Collective Soul, Mr. Will Turpin. Will, thanks for joining us, bud. Yeah, man, how you doing? Doing good, man. How you guys doing? We're, uh, we're out rocking and rolling, man. It feels good. Uh, it still feels natural, and uh, we're having a blast on the road right now. Absolutely, and you are talking about touring the new record entitled Blood. Um, you know what, for those people who have not heard this record yet, kind of just paint a picture, tell the fans what they, what they can expect out of this record. Well, I mean, you know, it's 25 years later now, so we're celebrating 25 years this year, mm-hmm. Blood's our 10th studio record. Um, it's in reference to legacy, the people and family that came before you, the people that will come after you. Blood, as in Blood Brothers, as in, uh, you know, as in your family. Uh, so we deal with a lot, uh, lyrically, we deal with a lot of stuff that's happened to us uh, uh, in the recent past, and uh, and just a lot of thoughts on uh, what's going on in the world today, too. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's uh, it feels good. I think we I think we got in the studio. We rode a wave, and uh, we're real proud of it. As you should be. I've listened to a lot of the tracks, and I'm I'm I've been a fan of you guys for for decades, and not disappointed at all on this record. Um, you know, E. Roland talks about this record. It's kind of sort of like a journey of sorts. Can can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Sorry, there's some police right outside my hotel room. Uh oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a ride. I think the sequence of songs goes out with that. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily put on your seatbelt and go full speed ahead. It's, it's got its ups and downs, its ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. But like I said, lyrically, I mean, there's some serious stuff that, uh, you know, you, you get older, you have to deal with more life and death. You have to, yeah. you have to deal with tragedy, and, and you get a, you get a perspective that allows you to think bigger than yourself I mean not not that when we were younger the way we were thinking wasn't, wasn't proper for the moment but with blood there's just a lot of uh, a lot of serious uh, lyrical content and and I think musically we also realize what listeners uh, are attracted to and, and that's I think it's the emotion that you capture in the music so we uh, we're able to open our ears in the studio use our ears instead of our Instead of our output, we take in and we open our hearts and we, we try to capture that emotion in the recordings. You know, I'm I'm uh, 53 years old and I had a recent heart scare myself. I had to get tested for congestive heart failure. And when I was on that darn table in the doctor's office with wires on me and doing EKGs and they're drawing like nine vials of blood from me, it was a real eye-opener, man, because you mentioned a minute ago about you get older and just things kind of, you know, you think you look at things a little bit differently. And that was that was my eye-opener right there, man. Yeah, yeah, start thinking about, you know, people who came before you, and like I said, what, what legacy are you going to leave, and how are you, the generations behind you going to be affected? Yeah, um, man. A minute ago, you mentioned about the the, uh, the record's not really a, uh, like a speed, like go, 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 break stuff kind of record, but I tell you what, the song Writer's Rain, that, that grabbed me, and that, that, that song has hit written all over it. Yeah, cheers. We hope so, man. It's, you know, it's... Hanging around the charts right now, so uh, you know. And then the first two, there's definitely some rock songs on. There's plenty of rock. Now's the time is about. You know, it's a song about kind of what we're dealing with socially and politically right now. Um, mm. a song called "Crushed" is uh, man, if you can't, if, yeah. if you don't find yourself going like 90 down the highway yeah. when you're listening to "Crushed," <laughs> exactly. 
that, man. I mean, like I said, it's just it's, uh, it's ebbs and flows, and just uh, you know, like I said, serious content, and and we're 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 proud of what we came up with. And, and you should be. You know, I didn't know this until I started reading into some things. But you guys have uh, Tommy Shaw from Sticks on the record. Yeah, Tommy Shaw guested on a song called Porch Swings, actually the closer, and he plays. Uh, also, he sings the, the vocal on the outro, and he plays uh, plays some mandolin on it. Wow! What was it like working with him? Man, you know, having acquaintances or friends like Tommy Shaw is one of the coolest things that I could say. You know, people are like, "Yeah, twenty five years. What's the coolest thing?" The coolest thing is that. Tommy Shaw would recognize me walking down the street <laughs> asking what I'm doing and yeah. say hello and, and ask me about my family. Same thing with the relationship we have with uh, the Van Halen guys, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony. Those have become dear friends of ours and uh, those relationships, friend, those those things really, that's, you know, if somebody asks me what's your favorite thing about, well, that's it, you know, yeah. knowing that I have friends like that uh, that, are, that are legends. You know, I can kind of relate to that because I was a, you know, I covered the sport of boxing for many years and had a really successful website. This is back before social media really kicked in. So we, we got a VIP, you know, we got press credentials and I started rubbing elbows with like world champions. So it's funny, every morning I get a, I get a scripture text from Evander Holyfield and like, and like some of these like really legendary fighters, the same thing. They know me. They'll, they'll ask about my, my family. So I can totally relate to where you're coming from. South Atlantis, within five miles of where I live. Yeah, he's from the Atlanta, exactly right. Yep, <laughs> really good dude too. I'll tell you a quick funny story about Evander. I was doing a podcast just like this with him one time, and he was in his car talking to me as you know on the record. And the dude stops at a McDonald's and started. And he goes, "Brad, hold on a second. He starts ordering his food like a number three with large fries while, like while the podcast is going on. It was like epic audio, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we've had a chance to be around him a little bit. Just being from the area, yeah, he's a really good guy. Yep. Speaking his of the air, running for the uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs right now. Sons are running back. He's right. He's pretty good too. He sure is. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of Atlanta, um, Georgia area, I had the guys from. They used to be called the Stir, but now they're like machines, and they wanted me to tell you they said hello. Yeah, man, they're good guys. Yep. Great guys. All right, so you you, t- you touched on it a little a, a few minutes ago about the twentieth twenty fifth anniversary. Um, what, what's been a few like highlights that really stick out for you that you'll never forget? Just a couple. I, I mean, obviously, Woodstock '94. I mean, we we were kids, and that was the first record. And then by the end of the summer, we get called, you know, wanting to play Woodstock '94. We played on the Friday night before the rain came down, and uh, mm. it's a bunch of new bands that played on that Friday night. It was Ass Live. Um, Blues Traveler, Cheryl Crow, oh, Candlebox. Yeah. It was a good lineup on Friday night. And um, also, King's X played uh, even before earlier that day. And for me, that was a big influence. A lot of people don't know King's X, but a, but a musician's band, all, all musicians know them. Uh, so, I mean, I was just shocked. There was, you know, there was clearly no end of the humanity. You couldn't see where the crowd ended. Um, and it was just a great vibe, man. That was the year, you know, the kind of fences were down. They, not everybody was being charged for a, a $200 festival ticket and such. Yeah. But uh, that one sticks out. The whole tour with Van Halen sticks out. Um, that was 95, and they, they took us under their wing and showed us what, what Rockin' Arenas is about. Um and then just uh, I, don't know, I don't know, man. Like all the all the appearances on TV have been good. But, mm-hmm. you know, those, 
two things in the early days kind of kind of stick out to me. Uh, and then our, our best production ever was the Youth Symphony production um, oh, yeah. in '05. Uh, so that that was uh, that was a big deal for us. Can you remember where you were when you first heard your one of your songs on the radio? Yeah, uh, on on commercial radio, not the college, the college radio in Atlanta was playing Shine. Yeah, uh, at first, uh, but the first commercial station, the first station that big one. Yeah, the, we were on the way to a show in Orlando because that station had started playing Shine, and uh, it was one of those countdowns at the end of the end of the day. Yeah, was, uh, not a countdown, it was a shootout, and. Uh, is us and Pearl, well, Pearl Jam. We're like, wow, well, I wonder who's going to be versus Pearl Jam. It's going to be tough. And it was Sean. You know? Oh man! <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, Sean was definitely a snowball rolling downhill. I mean, especially when you and we definitely won that shootout uh, on the way down there. But that song was just electric. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily compare uh, or try to rate yeah. uh, who's a better man or anything. But I just remember it was one of those shootouts at the end of the day. So, you know, which one? Which one you want to hear? Yeah. Yeah. This one or this one? Yeah. And and, and sure enough, collect his whole shine. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big deal, and I remember us being totally excited and just—I mean, it's, it's a feeling. I'll never be able to get that feeling again. There's only once uh, that, that that it's brand new and and the first time. Yeah. Did you guys know that song was was? Did you have a pretty good feel? It was going to be a hit. I don't think so. No, we're too young to understand yeah. what that meant or, or understand some kind of vision. We were just trying to be a band. I tell you, we did think we were. We did think we had the goods. We did think we were. Um, we had a lot to offer, and we thought that people would enjoy watching us. So uh, mm-hmm. we, were, we were definitely just young and looking forward about what we could do and, and how many times we could record songs and perform. That's all we were looking at is the next thing, really. Yeah, man. You know, one of the things that I really, really look for in a band, of course, is you know one thing to, to, to record in the studio and sound great, but then can they execute it on stage in front of people? When I saw you guys just recently, I saw you guys just a few months back, in uh, Brandon, Mississippi, and the stir opened up for you guys, by the way. Okay, yeah. Um, I was really just captivated just by how tight you guys are. I mean, you close your eyes and you think you're listening to the studio with crowd there. It was so tight, man. Do you guys still... Of course. Do you guys, um, you know, of course, when you're coming up, trying to make it to the next levels, a lot of band practices, how much practicing do you guys do, or is it just a matter of you've been playing so long together, it's just naturally that's how tight you guys are now? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know... It's an evolution. There's always an evolution as a musician as well. You know, you're always you've always got something you can work on or get better at. But it's it's more of how you approach the and how you approach the music and and uh, certainly certainly uh, the experience and the years of doing it helps. But uh, man, we just you know we don't we don't watch that a whole bunch. We listen. We I'm telling you, using your ears is the most important weapon mm-hmm. a musician has, and it takes a long time to realize that because you think it's what can I do? What can I play more? What can I? How many notes can I hit? Or what can I do that's different? You know, and really all you need to do is open your ears and lock in with your brothers. And mm-hmm. then there's there's another level that you can kind of ascend to. It's like finishing people's sentences, man. It's like you just you just know. Um, yeah. I had Johnny Rab on my show not too long ago, and he was talking about he still when he when he's out back there on the drums, he said he still gets these surreal moments where he looks at you and he rolling and he's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is a, this is just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, Johnny's been awesome, man. I love playing music with him. We have a we have a great great relationship, man. What a great drummer. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. So what's the schedule looking like for you guys, the tour for 19 and going into 2020? We've got two shows this weekend, and then i got uh, I got 10 days off before the calm before the storm. So so late July, we're gone through September. Uh, we'll, be all, we'll be all over the place. A lot of, we've been all over the East Coast kind of the first half of the summer. So basically start out uh, northwest and go down through California and Vegas and Arizona. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're out west a lot, Utah, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, going to do a run across Canada in October. Uh, that'll be pretty. That's a beautiful time of year to be up there. Yeah, probably sure. going to uh, South America in the winter. Oh, yeah, wow. Go down there and enjoy their summer while everybody's in winter up here. So. Yeah, it's flip flop. That's right. What part? <laughs> you, know, you know what countries? Yeah, we'll definitely hit. Uh, we'll definitely hit Argentina, Santiago, yeah. Lima, Peru, uh, Brazil. Yeah. Just, Brushing up on your Portuguese, man. I got a couple questions from social media, then I'll let you go because I know you're probably busy. Um, so, so these are your fans. I always do this whenever I have the bigger bands come on the show. I'll, I'll reach out to my followers on social media and, and hey, I'm, I'm talking to God and Collective Souls. A bunch of your fans will chime in. Um, so uh, Elizabeth from San Antonio, Texas, she would like to know, do you have a favorite or favorites as far as venues to play at? In Red Rocks always is, is the venue you think of when you think of one venue that's your favorite. Um, but, I mean, I've got some legendary shows that happened, you know, in my mind as well. Like there's, you know, just great rooms that we've played at over the years. Uh, we used to have a great crowd at the House of Blue, Chicago. Mm. Um, you know, I always, always remember some of the, uh, some of the real cool medium-sized theaters, the Wiltern in L.A. Uh, yeah. So Dave from Marietta, Georgia, not too far from where you guys are from, um, mm-hmm. he said um, he, he said please please ask Will when did he um, first get into playing music and how did you end up in Collective Soul? Yeah, I, I, my father owned a recording studio and he was in bands. As a matter of fact, he was signed to Atlantic Records in the sixties. Oh wow, the first label that we signed to. So I had instruments all around me. So I first started. I mean, my earliest memory, I was playing instruments. Uh, Piano and drums were kind of my first instruments. Um, and as far as being a collective soul, I think everybody, I mean, I'd love for the quintessential documentary to kind of get out. We're, we're working on that now, but everybody needs to understand we all grew up together. Uh, mm-hmm. I also know Ed and Dean from my earliest memory. So it's, uh, and Ed was my uh, father's head engineer at the studio for a long wow. time. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's you know it's uh, it's weird you know because collective soul becomes a brand and a, and a thing, and people are like, how'd you get into collective soul? And it's just it kind of just evolved. Uh, yeah. and I mean, you guys were kind of kids. I mean, how 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 young were you guys? I mean, like literally like kids growing up. I mean, my earliest memory, I knew who Dean and Ed were. Wow. Was, their father was the music minister at the church I was going to. Wow, that's so. Cool. You know what? That's that's that is totally documentary worthy, just because that doesn't happen. It didn't happen a lot, man. I mean, of course, there's bands, you know, guys like the Guns N' Roses guys, they knew each other in high school, but you're talking about, like, like real early childhood. 
Yeah, I remember he was quiet, and I knew who Dean was. I knew, you know, the father was. And Ed was Dean's older brother. Yeah. Pretty freaking cool, man. All right, so before I let you go, um, so everybody listening, you need to go out and get this new record, Blood by Collective Soul. Where can everybody find you guys on social media? You, of course, a website. Where can they get your music? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, all the basics, man. If you search, search Collective Soul on Facebook, it'll pop right up. Same thing with my solo material. Search Will Turpin. Uh, and it'll pop right up on Facebook. Uh, same thing with Google and the websites and stuff. That's right, because you did a solo project in 2018, right? Yeah, man. It's, yeah, let's uh, talk about that. T- touch on that real quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I started off on piano, so I still have this other side of me that sits down behind the piano, and and melodies and lyrics come to me, and, uh, you know, it's, it's good to... Uh, Record a, a different vibe and a different style outside of collective soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you recharge your batteries, and then we get back together after after you know after we do other stuff. And we all have some solo projects. Dean has magnets and ghosts, and uh, has sweet tea projects. So mm-hmm. it's important for us to also uh, create outside of collective soul. We we figure it makes us stronger when we do get back together. But yeah, my my record's called Serengeti Drivers. Uh, search it up on Will Turpin, you'll be uh, interested to hear it's uh is some minor elements that might remind you of Collective Soul, but in general it's not gonna it's not gonna remind you of Collective Soul at all. You know what, I wanna get you back on the show and then just talk you know, specifically about that record and some of your your, your um solo stuff too, if you if you don't mind. Sure, I'd be glad to, man, it'd be awesome. Alright, hey man, I had a lot of fun doing this and I really appreciate you doing the show, bud. Cheers, man. Thank you. Yep. I'll see you guys on the next show next time you come around here. Cool, man. Come say hey, brother. I will, man. Take care, bud.